You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to the conservative conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The conservative conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz, and along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering the conservative conscience. Welcome back to the conservative conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. And we got a special edition for you today, our first guest here at the Conservative Conscience. We're going to have coming up Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest of North Carolina. You know, last week we spoke about the false choice between what we, what we have to do in November. Are you going to vote for Trump or are you not going to vote for Trump? And the point we made is, what are we going to do to build a movement right now to stop the burning fire the fire against religious liberty, the fire against our sovereignty, our security, our society, our system of governance. We don't have a Republican Party. We have the most radical iteration of societal transformation without representation taking place. North Carolina is the latest place where you have the DOJ, the Federal Department of Justice, going after a state for merely blocking a radical initiative from the state, from the city of Charlotte, to allow males into all female locker rooms, showers, dormitories at universities, and they merely upheld the science that a man is a man. And that was evidently so controversial that not only is the Obama administration going after them, Congress is out to lunch. The Republicans are nowhere to be seen. Even North Carolina's own senators are saying, ah, we don't want to get our hands dirty. So this is my broader point. This is not just about Trump, who, by the way, sided with Obama against the state of North Carolina on this most grotesque, politically correct issue of, you know, men being women and women being men. But we literally do not have another Republican Party. But, you know, we always have a lot of uh, down moments here. I know a lot of people are dismayed by the fact that there's no one they could look up to Believe it or not, there actually are a couple of people fighting for us. And, you know, at least on a state level in North Carolina, the governor, Pat McCrory, the state legislature, and, and really someone who has been very instrumental in fighting this as lieutenant governor, Dan Forrest of the state of North Carolina, he has been rock solid, even though he's fighting a lonely battle. And we wanted to catch up with him and and let you guys listen to what a true Republican, what a true conservative is, what a true conservative who actually stands for bedrock values sounds like. With no further ado, it's my honor and privilege to recognize with us on the line the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, Dan Forrest. Hey, Lieutenant Governor, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, Daniel, thanks for having me on today. Boy, I mean, I don't know how you have time when uh, you, you got the entire weight of the far left fighting against North Carolina and uh, you don't have too many allies. I, I just wanted to kind of start from the beginning. You know, um, I'm pretty young. I'm in my 30s. And it, had you told me even five, ten years ago, half a generation ago, there would come a time when the federal government would sue and punish a state for merely defining a man is a man and a woman is a woman upholding the most basic societal um, 
gender integrity that we've had since the dawn of times and somehow that state would be considered controversial, I would have never believed it. But but here yeah, we are. I don't think Rod I don't think Rod Sterling could have made this one up. You know, <laughs> I mean this is a you know, episode of the Twilight Zone, you think. It, it's, it's absolutely so I was insanity. gonna say that. It is the Twilight Zone. My, my question is this how is this not an emergency? How is this not a time when all Republicans get together and pull the fire alarm and say there is no floor to this insanity when we can't even recognize biologically something so biologically fixed as gender and it's now being redefined? And then most egregiously to have the DOJ compare recognizing differences in the human sexes to Jim Crow laws, and, yeah. and I don't see anyone there – could you kind of take this from the beginning? Where is this coming from? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> that was all loaded there. There's a whole bunch there. So let me kind of back up uh, just a little bit. I mean, you know, with the left, the narrative changes every day, right? So one narrative doesn't work, and then you go to the next narrative. Uh, so uh, obviously, um, what the city of Charlotte tried to do in creating their ordinance was, uh, you know, appease the transgender community by up their bathrooms, what they did was in their ordinance, they actually said you have to take male and female signs, names off of the bathrooms. They, they actually said that, not, and not just for government, but for all private businesses. Uh, so literally opening the door for men to walk into women's rooms and showers and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I honestly don't think they necessarily won that argument, and I don't necessarily think that the public uh, uh, sees that as even closely, even close to reasonable. They know they're discriminating against 99.9% of the people out there by creating uh, this law to appease a very very small percentage of people. So they changed the narrative again. Uh, they've changed it multiple times already, but now they're on to civil rights, and now they're using uh, the Civil Rights Act, what the federal government said to us first, the DOJ and the Department of Transportation, HUD, say we're going to withhold your funding unless you change your laws in North Carolina. And it's flat-out extortion uh, that they're doing. They're holding our children hostage to push their radical leftist agenda in North Carolina and around the country because this would have impacts everywhere. But using the Jim Crow laws, and Loretta Lynch said it. She said there was a time when we used to have signs above our bathrooms that were different. She said she's saying white only and black only signs. Here's the here's the clarification. I know you get it, but I want to make sure your listeners do. Sure. The color of a person's skin had absolutely nothing to do with which bathroom that they used. Jim Crow laws were nefarious laws. That's why we got rid of them. That's why we kicked them out. Uh, but the biology of a person has everything to do with which bathroom they use. That's why at the same time, we didn't take male and female, man and woman off the bathrooms. That's why we still have them today. They're not equatable at all, yet they're trying to play off the ignorance of the people not understanding that to push this through, uh, change law, uh, change uh, the constitution uh, based on the whims of their radical agenda. You know, you know, Dan, what I find very interesting here is you listen to the media, you listen to many um, you know, Democrats and even Republicans, and they make it seem that you guys were the ones that woke up one day and decided to engage in some social engineering, some radical transformation of the status quo, normal order of things. But in fact, as yeah. you just noted, didn't the opposite happen? You guys were reacting to something the left did in Charlotte. 
Yeah, I mean, isn't that the way it always works? It's unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, I get that all the time. Why did you guys have to do this? Why did you do this? And I'm saying, we didn't do anything. You know, what Charlotte did was unconstitutional, was against the law. They had no right and authority for public accommodation. But And they were told that many times. But they did it anyway because they knew they were going to try to push it this far. They did it anyway. Uh, we had to come back and fix it constitutionally. But to say to private businesses all over the city of Charlotte, you have to take the signs off. You have to let anybody into your bathrooms. You have to uh, – unbelievable that they would go that far. So we had came back and said, no, private businesses, you can do whatever you want. It's not the government's business. So even what Target did, Daniel, uh, that's perfectly within the law, HB2 in North Carolina. Target can do whatever they want to with their bathrooms, and then their customers can decide whether they want to shop there or not. That's the way a free, market, free market economy should work. That is the way it should work, and that's the way it works in North Carolina. So in, in essence, nothing changed before and after we shot down the Charlotte law, but the, the national media and the left and, the, and Hollywood and, and now the Obama administration wants to get involved and say that we're this big discriminatory state. When we're not discriminating against anything, they're actually trying to change what, what the word sex means in uh, the Civil Rights Act of the 60s and 70s. And, and I think it's that last point that, that needs to be brought out here. And it needs to be communicated to, to other states and, and not just conservatives, but really everyone. This is not just about bathrooms. Like, like no, you noted, no. if, you know, what are what in your mind, what are some of the other consequences if you start saying that any recognition of a difference between a man and a woman is is tantamount to saying blacks and whites are different? There, there's no end to, to, to the harms that could, could arise from this. No, there is no end, and that's why it's really incomprehensible. You, you can't, your mind can't even go there. It, when you when you get rid of absolute truth and you get rid of facts and you stop using true, real science uh, to uh, to impact your laws like this and to and to base your laws off of, and you start basing your laws off of uh, feelings and identity preferences, there is absolutely no limit how far this will go. And when when Obama talked about fundamentally transforming America, uh, this is a fundamental transformation that I don't think anybody could have comprehended because there is no limit. And and what shocks me is that this is something that's coming from a very vocal small minority. And and you see, you know, even in in Houston in November 2014, they had a ballot referendum that would have promoted these mixed gender bathrooms. And Houston City proper is a very liberal jurisdiction, much more liberal than the statewide North Carolina. And it went down 6138 despite being outspent. So we know we're we're clearly at least at this point in the year 2016 still in the majority. Yet what am I missing? The fact that a – Every other southern state has failed to defend against this except for North Carolina. And then B, doesn't it seem like you guys are kind of left out to dry that even the federal delegation of North Carolina kind of seems out to lunch? I I haven't seen them. I know Mark Meadows and Representative Pittenger put out some uh, statement of support. But, you know, some of the others have have either been missing in action or very much uh, diffident on this. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't really understand it, to be honest. And I've had conversations with different folks in uh, in Washington to try to get something going up there. You know, I mean, that you know, the, this was not the way the country was intended to run. In fact, the judicial uh, uh, branch or the executive branch in this case, but we've seen it judicially legislated from the bench, but the executive branch wasn't supposed to have this level of power to uh, create law or to change law. But certainly an agency under the president shouldn't have that kind of power to go back and 
rewrite the, the civil rights law. If they can do that, they can rewrite everything. I mean, it, it's no, it is no longer a representative republic at that point in time. And certainly if the federal government can come into a state and, and uh, bully us and, and uh, use extortion to have our laws changed, then there's no reason to even have state government. Uh, so we are moving way beyond that form of government. So where is Congress? What are they doing? Where's the balance of power? Where are the folks that are supposed to be standing up against uh, the executive branch? The Congress was intended to have the majority of the power in the federal government. They're the ones closest to the people. Uh, they're supposed to be that true balance of power. So they need to be stepping in here and they control the purse strings. Uh, they need to control the funding for uh, DOJ and anybody else that goes beyond uh, their limits of power. So I'm hoping they get engaged and I hope they get engaged with a, a really strong force, equal opposite force to the executive branch. You know, that was a great point. The difference between the, the elected branches of government and the non-elected branches of government. I always like to say that what we're experiencing is not just a radical iteration of social transformation, but it's social transformation without representation. It's not even taking place, you know, through the legislature, through Congress. It's the unelected bureaucrats. It's the NGOs. And it's the judiciary. Yeah. And I, I want to get your comment here. You know, your senior senator from the state, Richard Burr, um, he was asked about this. And, he, you know, he said when things get into the court system, that's how it should play out. Um, I would have loved to see them work out an agreement that both sides were happy with. They either choose not to do it or, or, or couldn't. And then he said Governor Pat McCrory was, quote, off base in calling for Congress to intervene. And he said, I've never seen Congress get involved in judicial matters, and this is turned over to the court system now. What do you make of that statement? Uh, well, I respectfully disagree. I mean, I think that Congress doesn't have to get involved in the judicial matter. They can get involved in the balance of power that is rightfully theirs in the Constitution. It's been spelled out. It's been there forever, and Congress used to do that. I mean, it, it's probably been a you know uh, quite a few decades since we've seen it happen, but that's <laughs> one of the challenges that we're facing in, in this country right now is that Congress is not doing their job. They're not stepping up as a balance of power against the president. That's why people are so frustrated in America right now is because they're not seeing that uh, that effectively done. Is it easy? No. Of course there's not. You're not going to find the majority of uh, representatives or the majority of senators wanting to get involved in what's going on in North Carolina because, one, they probably just don't care and they don't think it's going to impact them. Uh, but I would hope that the majority of the North Carolina delegation would want to get involved and, and protect their home state. So uh, I think you started off your conversations you know, going, we're kind of going it alone out here with the governor and, and the legislature, and that's true. And, and I I've been very proud of our governor. He's, he's stand, he has stood very strong on this, as well as our legislature. They've done a great job. And, uh, you know, we believe what we believe. We don't know where it's going to come out in the courts, Daniel, but we're going to continue to fight it because this is a worthy battle. This, this is a battle for America. North Carolina just happens to be at the tip of the spear. No, absolutely. I mean, the, the thought is it, what I've noticed the other side doing is – Using this outside kind of government corporatist complex where they boycott mm -hmm. anyone who doesn't submit to their agenda, and it's kind of like a barking mm -hmm. dog. You know, every time yeah. you bark, you know the other side is going to run, and they did. And it looks like you know, you guys. You know, I know, I know. You know, you're also involved. You're you're on the um, board of education, so this is very important in terms of the education ramifications in the state. You got the state legislature really um, stepped up to the plate, came into special session. But it seems like you're the only state. The reason why you're getting. Um, a lot of attention is not because you're the only state that's targeted. I see this in every county government in every state. It's you're the only ones who are standing up to this. 
Yeah, it was, it's just it's typical bully tactics. You know, a lot of people don't like me saying this, but what do you do with a playground bully? You punch him in the gut and he goes away. You got to punch back against the playground bully. And you know, I think that's what we're doing here in North Carolina. We're trying our best to to fight the bullies off here. It's unfortunate, but you know, we have. Uh, you know, not to get even too political on this issue, but we're, we're you know, I got to go there because the the gentleman who's running for governor against our governor, uh, Roy Cooper, uh, actually is uh, he had conversations with Mark Benioff at Salesforce, who then called out all his corporate CEO buddies and uh, called Bank of America and called PayPal and all these other folks and said you need to come against North Carolina when they absolutely knew nothing about the legislation that was going on here. And so it's corporate bullying, uh, and uh, that's unfortunate that that happens. But it, it, it's the same kind of stuff that happens everywhere. And, Daniel, what happened in Houston? Right? They said they were going to pull out all these things in Houston. What happened just a month ago in Houston? They had the, the final four was in Houston a month ago. The businesses didn't go away. They're building millions of square feet of office space in Houston right now. Uh, so North Carolina has the strongest economy in the country. It's going to continue to be strong, and we're going to continue to move forward here. It's like the barking chihuahua. You know, you got to stand your ground, and and then it's really it's a, a, a lot of noise and you know loud bark, no bite. Um, yeah. You know, you know what I find very disturbing about this is just how rapidly we're seeing the social transformation and how rapidly the resistance on the Republican side is is uh, collapsing. I, just, just a couple hours ago, I spoke with a buddy of mine does talk radio down in Florida. He used to work for the NYPD, and he said he worked very closely with Rory Cooper less than a decade ago, 2007, 2008. He was really strong on law and order. Um, he worked on him mm-hmm. um, on initiatives against pedophilia. And what's happened to this man? <laughs> Well, you know, I don't know. Now he's running for office. You know, I think the same things that happen to a lot of politicians is that they like the office they hold so much that they want to make sure they protect their seat and they don't want to cause too many waves. I mean, I think as a politician, you have to be willing to give it all up. You have to be willing to say, yeah, my office is not more important than the people of North Carolina or the United States. It's not more important than doing what's right. certainly not more important uh, than God and standing on a, a platform here. So, uh, you know, so I think that's really what it is. I, I love serving as lieutenant governor in North Carolina, uh, but if I get taken out of this position for doing the right thing, then so be it. I'll go back to work. You know, this is what I'm telling everyone. There's one thing you have one extra subsidy, one extra welfare program, one extra fiscal policy you don't like. But if we can't settle on something so inviolable, not only marriage, I mean, we're beyond that. That was redefined. But now to redefine gender itself, I just wrote today another broad ramification of denying this biology is Congress came pretty close in the current NDAA, the defense authorization bill, to putting women into the mandatory selective service, which could lead to a draft one day. So again, I mean, if there's absolutely no difference in a macro sense between a man and a woman well hey they, they, you know they have to serve in, in, in the military like anyone one, anyone else or one other thing you know what about forget about uh, transgender which by the aclu in their own brief in the lawsuit against north carolina hb2 they actually called it a mental disorder um but let's say people that do not have this mental disorder you know um what what if people know they're a, a boy knows he's a boy and he says, you know what? I want to serve on the girls' varsity so- softball team, or I want to dorm with the girls in a college. C- could not, that not have you know, led to a, a situation where anyone from the opposite gender could file a lawsuit and demand that within the city limits of Charlotte under the ordinance? Uh- 
Of course, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and Attorney General Lynch says he wants to make it the law of the land. So it's everywhere. It's not just Charlotte. It's the whole country. Absolutely. Everything's wide open. I mean, if you want to get a, a scholarship as a minority female and you're a white male somewhere, you just claim you're a minority female. I mean, who, who can deny you that if the law says that your your feelings and your identity are what we base law off of? There is no limit to uh, what can be done there. You know, it's it's actually funny. I I, I noticed the media may, has made fun out of that woman that you know became a tra- transracial, and th- they scoffed at it. And the the social elites didn't really accept that. But somehow, when it comes to transgenderism, they ch- blithely champion it. And, and it's funny they call us the party that declares war on science. <laughs> but more more broadly speaking, you know, gender is more fixed and immutable than than race. Race is just pigmentation. I mean, this is yeah. A, a, a white male has a lot more in common with a black male than than a white female, and 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 yet yeah. they say we are, um, you know, we're the war on science. Another interesting yeah. point is they say we are, you know, we have a war on women. That's been their issue du jour yeah. for the last decade. But yeah. I mean, isn't there no greater war on women than to deny yeah. the uniqueness of that yeah. entire? gender and just say a man is a woman. Yeah, yeah I, say, I say that every day. I make that argument every single day. I mean, this is the greatest war on women that the left has ever posed. I mean, you are basically, where do you hear the women's voices in this? You know, women fought back at the, the turn of the century to have women's restrooms. <laughs> they, were, they were fighting as feminists to have specific women's restrooms for biological reasons. So, yes, this is a true war on women because they're denying the women's voices in this who women overwhelmingly say, I don't want a man in my bathroom or my shower facility or locker room facility. Absolutely. Uh, and then the other piece is you, you mentioned the, the sex piece and the biology of the sex and the science. You know, we're science deniers, but you can't deny chromosomes. You know, <laughs> chromosomes are what they are. You can change body parts. You can change all kinds of things, but you can't change chromosomes. Uh, so if they want to call us science deniers, they're going to have to step up on this and say, which part of science aren't they denying when they deny the actual chromosomes that somebody's created with? You know, now headed forward, does the governor's office plan to come out with a list of suggestions? I know in the abstract, he has asked for help from Congress, but to formally mm-hmm. request a defund rider um, clarification, either on the 1972 Title IX or the Civil Rights Act. Are, are there any ideas that you guys are trying to put forth and you know work with the North Carolina federal delegation to to push with their leadership in Congress? Well, I can't speak for the governor and I can't speak for the legislature. I know there's a lot of conversations going on. Uh, I've had a lot of those conversations as well. So, you know, there, there's work going on. Sometimes, Daniel, it just takes more time than you would imagine. You would think that kind of everybody would like, uh, you know, uh, say their house is on fire and they jump to get a bucket to put it out. But that's just not the, the way it works with government. Sometimes people are much slower to act. So I think that you'll see some people uh, start to act but uh, just not perhaps at the pace we'd like to see. Sure. And, and and like you said, ultimately, the key is making this broader. It's not just bathrooms. It's not just North Carolina. If you are yeah. codifying into civil rights that treat, recognizing a difference between the sexes is discriminatory, tantamount to discriminating against someone for being black, then that means it's not just public, it's private institutions, and it's not just bathrooms. It is anything under the sun, and we will all be made to care. 
Exactly. Yeah, no, you, you hit it right on the head. That, that's exactly right. There's no limit to it. So, uh, yeah, so at some point people have to realize that. They have to realize how serious this overreach is and to know that it's coming from a very small uh, minority of people who are pushing this. And they've been pushing it for decades. This isn't new, but this is the culmination. And, you know, uh, here we are. I'm, I am uh, honestly thankful that I have the opportunity to serve people in North Carolina and stand firm for this. I know it may cost me my job as Lieutenant Governor. I get that completely. Um, but it's a battle, I believe, that is worthy of fighting uh, for the United States of America. You know, one final question. I know you got to got to run busy schedule today. Um, what can people do? What have you learned based on your experience in North Carolina, in, in, in other state governments, when the dogs start barking, mm-hmm. when they start with the boycotts that if you don't give in to either anti-religious uh, liberty, you know, anti-religious bigotry, you know, some of these anti-reform laws or in this case, the transgender laws. Donald Trump said at the time, you know, when this originally started, he said, look, you know, you guys have lost so much business. There was a dumb thing to do. I mean, so much for the <laughs> anti-PC uh, Republican nominee. <laughs> I mean, this is the epitome of PC. But you know, what would you say to that? You know, how to stand up to the business boycott and the threats that you'll lose, uh, you know, lose lose economic growth in the state? Well, we, you know, obviously PayPal pulled out, uh, but, you know, I tell people it's not just an ideological battle. Certainly it is, but if it was ideological, they also would have pulled out of the other 28 states who have similar laws to us. They wouldn't do business with the federal government because the federal government has similar laws to us, but they certainly wouldn't be doing business in uh, Saudi Arabia and Yemen, where the LBGT community is, you know, not only persecuted, they're executed uh, for their beliefs. So it's not purely ideological. It's a political campaign that they have going on here, and they're running their political campaign. Uh, we haven't seen a vast majority of businesses pull out. We haven't seen businesses going away from North Carolina. That's a great place to live. We have great people here. We have the best, I believe, business foundation in the country right now. We were just rated by Site Selection Magazine two years in a row, best place for business. We were just rated yesterday, number three in the country by CEO Magazine, best place to do business. Forbes Magazine, best place to do business. People know that. They're going to continue to come to North Carolina. Uh, you know, We're going to punch back on the bully here, and they're going to leave North Carolina eventually, regardless of what that's a lawsuit, but they're going to come somewhere else. You, know, you have to be prepared for this fight uh, ongoing. It's not going to go away anytime soon. It's been going on for a while. It's going to continue to go on. It just happens to be the tip of the spear in North Carolina right now. Well, I mean, th- this is refreshing. I know for a lot of our listeners have, have really despaired because they, they rarely see a display of courage holding the line on a federal level. So this is great to see this on, on a state level. Um, I, I wish you luck with everything going on there. And, and would you please come back? Kind of give us I an will, update. absolutely. Just, uh, call me anytime. Happy to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care. Have a great day. Okay, that was the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, Dan Forrest. And wow, wasn't that refreshing, folks? You know, um, you, you know me, I'm, I'm pretty hard to impress here. I am pretty darn hard to impress. But this is one individual that actually is saying, you know what? I don't care if I lose my 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 office. I don't care. It is not worth it if you can't stand up for gender. He was articulate. Is it isn't this amazing? We actually have a couple of guys on a state level in North Carolina that are willing to hold the line. Yet, where is the federal delegation? They're in the witness protection program. They're they're uh, throwing their man card at the at the courts. Uh, this should be a national emergency. This is exactly the type of thing we were supposedly going to get from Donald Trump. I mean, this guy could blow it up in one tweet. 
he could blow up this nonsense, this political correctness. But he sided with Obama's DOJ against the one motley group of Republicans that actually stood up for something. Um, really refreshing. I mean, th- this guy needs to run for Senate one day. Wow. Um, Dan Forrest, I've, I've heard a lot of good things from him, uh, from a lot of our activists, a lot of our readers, listenership. And, uh, you know, tweet at me, our at arm conservative. Let me know what you thought of of this. Let me know some of your ideas. How do we go and help North Carolina? Because this is not just about North Carolina. This is the worst of the worst. Redefining gender, not just marriage. This is private property rights. This is going to be religious liberty problems. Now you see what I meant earlier on when I said this is not just about are you going to vote for Trump or not? Either way, we don't have a Republican Party. This should be a hundred zero issue in the Senate, or at least fifty five zero among the Senate, Senate Republicans. Not a single Republican so far has has even put forth anything. I know Ted Cruz just got back in the Senate and he's um, just getting started. Hopefully, he'll jump into this this fight. But this is the problem. This is why we need to build a durable movement now. Not about what you're going to vote for in November. You know, argue with each other over never Trump or never Hillary. Either way, if we do nothing, we are lost. We have already lost. The status quo is we lose. We need to move forward building a movement that will stand for religious liberty, properly define the Civil Rights Act, properly define the role of the judiciary. And and we do need to build a, a first a third party within the Republican Party and eventually – a third party that could serve as a vehicle for these principles and finally actually stand with the true silent majority of this country. Really enjoyed this special episode. Let me know what you guys thought of it. We want to have guests, more guests in, in, in the future. Um, remember, sign up for Levin TV. He's going to be all over this madness. Hopefully we can get, get the lieutenant governor on Levin as well. But as always, thanks for listening. God bless. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience.